0: What is up, fellow thermonuclear AFers? I am Dan Valley coming at you with an emergency podcast that might be attached to another podcast, except not on YouTube. Speaking of which, before we dive into the Detroit Pistons and the impact of the Cade Cunningham injury, uh, just want to remind you, beg you, implore you, plead with you, subscribe to us wherever you're watching us. If you're on YouTube, checking us out for the first time, hit that sub button, like and comment, help the algorithm love us back. We put out a lot of content on youtube and so you want to definitely sub there but also subscribe to us on apple spotify stitcher google play to help us continue grow the actual podcast which is the meat and potatoes of this operation and cross subscribe definitely have us subscribe to an audio podcast player as well as being subscribed on youtube if you've done both of those things please consider telling people about this podcast recommend us to friends family members acquaintances co-workers random people on the street enemies even who you think like basketball and are looking for a good mba podcast we are thoroughly And seriously, unserious, but also thorough in general. Have a lot of fun around these parts. Join our Discord as well, where there's always great discussions happening. And you get mailbag priorities. We very rarely have to venture out Discord for mailbag questions now. And we never really have to. We only do so just, I want to give all the listeners a chance to ask questions. Maybe some people don't have Discord, but head over there. Link is in the podcast and YouTube description. And finally, follow us on all our socials. We're at Hardwood Knox on Twitter and TikTok. And at Hardwood underscore Knox on Instagram, and I'd appreciate if you give all those accounts follows as well. With that out of the way, we get to some pretty shitty news. Kate Cunningham is going to miss the rest of the season uh, after deciding to undergo left shin surgery. This felt like it was kind of inevitable, even though the decision took a little while to get there. Um, this immediately puts Detroit in the Wembanyama sweepstakes, even though that they were already in there. When you look at the, the standings, they will probably finish without, you know, look. They are people quibble about the value of Cade's game, but like now that Cade Cunningham is just not a part of it, the Pistons have the worst record in the league right now. I will be semi-shocked if they wind up not having one of the bottom three records and one of the you know top three odds at getting Victor Wembanyama. Uh, they they might have always been there with Cade or close to it, and so I don't really think this materially impacts their draft position at all. I do think it materially impacts the the rest of this season and the roster as a whole. And so I wanted to touch on a few important points. The first of which is, I hope Kate Cunningham makes a full recovery and will be fine. The fact that his game is not prided on all this above-the-rim explosion, uh, shin injuries can be fickle, especially when you're undergoing surgery on them. I think that it will just end up, you know, we shouldn't see any, maybe it takes him a little while to get back into the swing of things next year after missing so much time. But this is not something that I view as like damning to him moving forward. I also think that, he got to a point where he was underrated because people started to harp too much on like the efficiency or the waxing and waning of it all. He elevated the play of those around him, especially when you gave him spacing to work with. I'm a little bit disappointed and this is, we'll touch on one of the points that I'm going to get into that. We're not going to get to see him more with the Isaiah Stewart, Jalen Dern front court, which the Pistons are finally starting. Um, I think that made just so much sense when you surrounded them with Boyan Bogdanovich being there. And then you probably want to round that out with Jaden Ivy to get more information long-term, but you can sort of like, if Sadiq Bey is a part of that with Cade, maybe even try out Killian Hayes there or Isaiah Livers like to, to round out that fifth spot, not necessarily as a starter, but just in general. Um, that would have been fun to see because it's a very small sample size. I think Cade has played like sub 20 possessions or something ridiculous with Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran together. And that's just something that, I would have wanted more information on now for the Pistons moving forward. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. uh, This is big in the sense that they can at least get more information on Jaden Ivy as sort of a more of a point guard or playing independent of Cade. I don't, actually love that because i want those two to work together and i think that the fit is far from clean they don't overlap so they're not redundant they could theoretically complement one another but the fit is tricky unless jalen um unless jayton ivy is going to get better as a cutter or trust him more as a shooter and look to be honest i um, watching him without Cade, sub 40 percent on drives his shot selection and turnover issues have been ghastly at points it feels like it might like be aggravating some of his teammates too. When you watch their body language on certain half court possessions, he's young, he's a rookie. He could still be really good. The fact that you're going to get more sample, more of a sample size with him, maybe running the show than you would have with Cade. There'll be value in that. I just, I wanted to see the balance struck more between him and Cade. And I, I was looking forward to watching that unfold more of the season. But the benefit of this is, is we get to see sort of more of Killian Hayes. And so as a starter, Yes, it's you're you're not going to see him start when when Cade is healthy. But to scale it forward, is someone who could come off the bench and can you trust him? Look, he's shooting over forty percent on above the break three since Cade Cunningham's injury. He's the finishing is bad. Uh, he's at in the restricted area. He's at forty seven point five percent since the Cade injury. He still can like get to his floater and like take that shot. Um, that's still something you like the floater. Yes, that's a weapon, but like, he's not the most efficient mid range shooter overall outside of that. And if he's not getting the basket or finishing well there, he's also not getting to the foul line a ton. So that's stuff you still want to see him work on. But I think you look at the rest of his game and you have to be encouraged. Uh, He's shooting four of six on step back jumpers during this time. Um, like I said, the three point shooting has ticked up this year. And I think you can buy into it because he's hitting some assisted looks too. It's not just like you need to have him work off the dribble. And then he's hitting all these shots that are theoretically over his head. The shooting improvement from beyond the arc feels like it could be real. Would I predict it? No, not necessarily. But I think what's also really important is now you're looking at a player who, if he has that weapon in him and you can at least, let's say you trust his floater and you trust his outside three. Now you get to a player where you almost have to, um, Play him overall because his defensive value is for this Piston team sp- specifically, excuse me, probably through the roof. And I think he's probably with Cade out, he certainly, but he might even have a case as like their best passer overall. I don't, I think that's, I would still pick Cade, but like he's no worse than their second most important playmaker right now. And you can see it when he really gets going inside the arc. Defenses still react, they're still going to go in rotation. He knows how to make plays off of his drives. I'm um, not turning the ball over a ton on those players either plays either excuse me and I was I was looking this up before after going back and watching some of the um Killian Hayes film I'm gonna go to my phone to just double check it that I had the the number right here but when you look at his turnover rate on drives it's sub five percent since the Cade Cunningham injury and his assist rate is at 14 so like that's really high and just just how high is these are the only players who um have that same assist rate and sub five turnover rate while using as many drives during this span, Jimmy Butler, Karis Levert and Jamal Murray. That's it. And so like Tyrese Halliburton's right there as well. And so is Devin Booker. So that's really good company to be in. I'm not saying that Killian Hayes is any of those players though. He might be like, you know, closer to No, nah, He's not, he's not any of those players. Like he's definitely, he's more of a below the rim player than some of those guys specific, specifically. Um, if you're looking at Jamal Murray, although post-injury Jamal Murray, maybe not, uh, Being able to control the ball in the half court like that, again, not still not a threat to go to the free throw line. He just doesn't get fouled on his drives, doesn't get there. To have someone who can sort of manage the game, though, and set up others, I think that's big. And to get more information with him going up against better competition, I think that helps you moving forward because you do have sort of this, it's not a log jam, but this three-guard or three-ball-handler dynamic in Cade, in Killian, and Jane Ivy, and you want to see how you can work well with it. Now we're getting information on Jaden Ivey and Killian Hayes as a pairing, but also just like if if Killian Hayes is going to kill it as a starter um, or in just a more prominent role without Cade, like that in theory makes it easier and more promising to bring him off the bench, even if you view him as a long-term sixth man, which I think is the most likely outcome. We don't have to say that Killian Hayes is going to be a star or that his ceiling is all of a sudden higher than Jaden Ivey's. We don't have the sample size necessarily for that, but I think what we've seen from him in Cade's absence has been really encouraging. Also encouraging, and I'm a little bit, I don't know if I'm surprised, but I'm just happy that Dwayne Casey went to it already. Is seeing Beef Stew and Jalen Duran play together more? Um, that's a unit where, especially when you look at how bad Detroit has been on the glass this year, bottom five defensive rebounding team, roughly close to it per cleaning the glass. Uh, when those two play together, they're in like the 95th percentile of defensive rebounding. And I think they just complement one another really well. Um, Isaiah Stewart has been shooting like 39% on above the breakthroughs since Cade Cunningham's injury. And he's also, you know, James Edwards the third wrote a great piece about this at The Athletic. We've also seen like beef stew make more complicated decisions when defenders actually choose to close out on him, which again, it is an offense. I think we saw it some against the Knicks game and in the, in the Heat game a little bit. And there there are some... Um, there, there are some defenses that seem to be reacting to him and paying him more respect. He's shooting by the way, I think it's from the right or left corner. I think it might be the left corner beef stews at 55 plus percent from three since the Kate injury. When I was looking up those numbers, Um, but he's able to put the ball on the deck. And like when defenders are closing out of him, like he can dump it off to the next player. I don't know that I trust him yet as like a finisher in those plays. He's definitely not shooting well in those situations. And he's since the Kate injury, he's shooting like 37.5% or something in the restricted area. So that's not great, but to have him being able to space the floor with Jalen Duran on on the court, you're going to run into less, just, you know, go back and watch some of those minutes where it feels like, um, even with Bagley, you quote unquote want Bagley to be a floor spacer. Like defenses were respecting respect him even less than Isaiah Stewart, much less. And it felt like every time if Beef Stewart had to put the beef, beef stew, excuse me, had to put the ball on the floor, he was kind of running into Marvin Bagley. The way that Jalen Duran moves away from the ball, uh, and more active as a screen setter. You don't see that as much, even though you wouldn't consider him sort of a floor spacer. And I think at this point where Detroit wants to play two bigs, like that's just something that they're committed to, whether you agree with it, whether you disagree with it, that's just something that they want to try moving forward. Beef Stew and Jalen Dern make all the sense in the world. And it's not, oh, well, you know, we have time to get to No, do it now, especially with Kate out. Like I would have liked to have seen it with Kate, but do it now. Because like, that's the, the future way that your front court could function. I know that it might be tempting to... Uh, bench one of them in favor of going a little bit smaller uh if you want to put sadiq bay where you know i've just the amount of times i flip-flopped on my impressions of him as a player like where i might now trust him on the ball inside the arc more than i'm going to trust his three-point shooting sub 30 percent or something since since cade went down and that's why i'm looking at all these numbers since cade went down because that's the the version of the pistons that we're going to see um, i have hope for them though more defensively as a rebounding team, when you have Dern and Stewart on the court together. And like I said, the fact that Stewart is just more dynamic as an offensive player now, in addition to the defensive energy that he brings, I think that winds up helping out the team a crap ton. And you need to sort of up your decision-making if you're going to go to minutes where you're trusting Jay Ivey so much to go through the motions right now. And I think Killing Hayes, by the way, he's going to help there too, just a, a smart passer. Even if you don't want to go as far as calling him an a high-IQ passer, he's certainly a smart passer what's going to be interesting about this team is whether they keep boyan Bogdanovich. he's already in trade rumors been linked to the lakers i think he's been linked to he's been linked to the Suns at all he might have been linked to them as well um he makes sense for so many teams his shooting has been by and large immaculate there was a little bit of a dip after the cage injury initially but he's he's brought that back up and the other thing is just like he's now without cade averaging eight drives a game and so this is very much someone who is doing more than just shooting and like the efficiency on these drives from him. No, there's a one dimensionality to them where it's like, you don't trust Jalen Brown to necessarily facilitate for others out of drives. Boyan's kind of the same way, but among everyone who's taken at least 50 shots out of drives since the Cade Cunningham injury, uh, Boyan Madonavich ranks a fifth in field goal percentage at 63.1% on drives. Here's everyone Again, minimum 50 field goal attempts. And the field isn't small. It's about 60 players. Here's everyone with a minimum of 50 field goal attempts off drives since Cade's injury shooting better than Bojan Bogdanovic. Luka Doncic, Jalen Brown, Joel Embiid, and Kevin Durant, who, by the way, is at 70.1% on those looks for anyone who cares at home. So uh, he's important, Bojan Bogdanovic, I think, to streamlining the development for others. It's not an issue of, oh, he's taking reps away from livers and let's get Sadiq Bey into the starting lineup. I I get maybe the impetus from some people for wanting to see that, but you're like, you're bad as it is. And you're playing enough youngsters as it is. Like I said, it's Marvin Bagley seems better suited for the six man role. And he's young. I'm not personally as a analyst. And also if I were the Pistons, I'm not going to be invested in him. And now you have Jalen Dern and Isaiah Stewart, two players who, in my opinion, are way bigger factors to your long view inside the starting lineup, playing together more. You have Jaden Ivey. You have Hayes. Like, you're getting the looks, the extensive looks, out of your most important long-term players. There's... I I, I talked about this with Jalen Brunson in, in New York a little bit, and the Knicks are at a different stage in their development. They just want to be in the middle. Like, in the Pistons, we, they're angling for something better. There's there's a way to streamline the development by having good veteran players who technically defy your timeline, but they open up space, pockets of space for everyone, or they put um, pressure on defenses, or they just give you a baseline level of competence on the offensive end or trustworthiness on the offensive end. So I don't think it's a given that they move them. If the best offer out there is like, oh, you can get Phoenix's pick, or there's a Miami deal with Duncan Robinson, and you can get their pick. I mean, I might, if the Heat loosely protect it, they seem pretty combustible, so I'd consider it. But if it's an issue of getting one lower end first round pick in this year's draft and maybe an expiring contract. Maybe they don't move Bogdan and There might not be a ton of value there. Let him put up numbers this year. You're still going to lose games. You're still going to get plenty of looks at the, the kids. So I think the offer needs to blow them away. Even if I propose trades, where I, what I think they should do. Like I, yeah, I'd take on Duncan Robinson's contract. If it meant getting two firsts um, or the equivalent, from Miami, or if it's a three-team trade like that. And I did build some of those hypothetical ones. Maybe we'll talk about them on this podcast one day. So that's the, the thing I'm watching the most. There was a misconception among people that Boyan Bogdanovich can't be traded after signing his extension. That is not true because of the way that the um extension, you know, like relative to what he was making right now, ended up panning out. So he can be moved. That doesn't mean that he will be moved. I do think there's a higher likelihood he's moved now, just because there are so few full-on sellers and even just some of the the bad teams looking at in Orlando like who are they no one's going to be chomping at the bit to get a Terrence Ross right now or a Gary Harris they're not going to sell if they if they trade Wendell Carter Jr injured right now or someone a lot of these teams are so young or they just have limited options that are going to appeal to buyers so yeah like Houston has Eric Gordon and Kenya Martin Jr like who are they moving beyond that and um Charlotte like who did t- like I guess if Cody Martin's healthy, um, Kelly Bray Jr. on an expiring contract, uh, PJ Washington. If you want to get a look at him ahead of restricted free agency, there are just so few surefire sellers and so few sellers who actually have these players that that can really add value to playoff rotations who might be a part of certain crunch time lineups in these high leverage games i do think it makes it more likely detroit trades by a because they might get more value than we're expecting they're also working off the opportunity cost of oh it cost kelly olenek in seconds to get him we're able to build off that value just by him playing and signing him to an extension and, and waiting out the market so if i had to guess I might say he'd be traded, but I don't really think it's like this necessity for them. Um, just because he has been so good for them offensively. And now without Cade, I think having that, and I think Bojan Modovich helped Cade because it gave him a little bit more space to operate when he was going inside the arc. I think you want that for Killian Hayes, and I think you want that for Jaden Ivey. I think you even want it for Isaiah Stewart if you're gonna ask him to make um you know pump fake and, and dribble in inside the arc and like to to attack the hoop or to put defenses in rotation and trust him to hit a guy for a pass. Um, I think we've even seen like, you know, Jaden Ivey might be more likely to move off the ball off the dribble penetration from a boyan Mogdanovich or an Isaiah Stewart, like once the defenses are sort of moving around. Um, so I'm still very interested to watch this team. It's just a big bummer without Cade. I don't think this really fucks up their long-term future at any point. Um, I think right now, if anything, you can make the case it's a little bit better because now they're ensured that they're not going to play their way out of tip, tippy-top lottery odds, even though they might have still been there to begin with. And you will get more information, again, independent of Cade, but of all these other players. And Cade is not someone who's going to come in and disrupt any progress you get from anyone. Killian Hayes, uh, Isaiah Stewart specifically. If, you, like, if, if Sadiq Bey being on the ball a ton is something that really ends up intriguing you or working, like, yeah, maybe that. There's some overlap there but there's nothing about this team you could learn. And then look at the way that Cade plays and think, oh, well, yeah, he really can't fit into it. And I know that the jury's still out on a lot of what Cade is going to become, but he's, to me, just a really high-level, high-IQ, cerebral, ultra-versatile, scalable player that is going to be a megastar in this league. I still firmly believe that. And again, it's more valuable to have him on the court right now and still get these reps in. But the Pistons aren't going to go through this depth of self-discovery that they weren't necessarily going to try and plumb if he were still here. And I do think that can at least be something to look towards as we move, move forward. And I think without Kate on the court, like if you're not worried about maybe optimizing his role, uh, maybe it it makes you more inclined to be like, all right, well we don't have a lot of extra first. We don't have extra first round picks in the chamber. We can move Boyan on for this. And maybe it's for not this draft from a really good team, but it's a draft that, um projects outwards to so where the pick could be worth a little bit more. Uh that'll do it for the Cade Cunningham segment, though. It's just it sucks. Uh hopefully he makes a full recovery. I think he will. I'm not really worried. The this, this Pistons team is still should be watchable for me. And I think they've at least made the right adjustments that we maybe didn't expect Dwayne Casey to go to until later in the season. I know um Laz and ben from the detroit uh bad boys podcast they were talking about recently how they were kind of floored that dwayne casey went to this change and i had been talking to Laz about would he ever like how long would it take for dwayne casey to get to this point when we did our look ahead like way at the beginning of the season i think there's been some more flexibility here with like the way that the the pistons have gotten a look at players that necessarily wouldn't be casey's first choice um and if i think there's if i think there's a downside to this well there's a downside to this. I want to see more of Cade and Jane together, but there's a player that I think probably gets hurt the most by Cade being out. It might be sort of a Marvin Bagley. I think Cade was probably important to making what Bagley does best work out the fact that he's coming off the bench now should maybe let him explore his floor game a little bit more and ensure that he's not going to be occupying the same space as the other front court player that he'll be playing with as often, or at least give him more agency where he's not going to be the really the second option in the front court among that, or, or need to even be uh, someone who is the top front court option when you're just looking at the the four or five. So I, I think that's going to be a better fit for him, but he could be someone who ends up being a little bit hurt or a lot of it hurt his value this season with Kate out still the Pistons. They're in the women. Yama sweepstakes. That was true beforehand. Uh, still interested in this team though. As I repeat myself, that'll do it for this for real though. Please remember to subscribe to us on YouTube. Especially if you watched or listened this long, if this is your first time, checking us out on the actual audio podcast, subscribe Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, wherever you get your podcast. we are there. Um, leave reviews and ratings on on Apple and Spotify if you can, even if you don't use them. That helps us out a ton. That's the best way to help out the show um, in telling people about us, helping us grow the community. And if you tag us on Twitter, if you comment on YouTube, um I, I do try to respond. And the tags on Twitter or just the recommendations, like we've, I've had people DM me and say that they've, you know, heard about this podcast via word of mouth, and they decided to start listening to it and kept listening to it. So all of that means a lot. Until next time, and as always, I leave you with a shout leave you all the shout out to the one, the only, the indelible, Frank Nilakina.